First, serious about online trading? Secure your funds, keep your merchandise safe, and use a company that keeps the buyer and seller protected the whole way through. That's escrow.com. Payments you can trust. Finally, if you're a domain name investor, don't you have unique legal needs that require domain name technical know-how and industry experience? That's why you need Stephen Lieberman of Greenberg and Lieberman or Jason Schaefer of Esquire.com. Go search for Jason Schaefer or Stephen Lieberman on Domain Sherpa, watch their interviews, and you can see for yourself that they can clearly explain issues, can help you with buy-sell agreements, deal with website content issues and UDRP actions, and even help you write your website terms and conditions. Stephen Lieberman and Jason Schaefer are the lawyers to call for internet legal issues. See for yourself at Esquire.com or APlegal.com. So today's Sherpa needs no introduction. We have Mr. Michael Seiger back and better than ever. Hello, Mike. Thanks for coming. It's my pleasure, Tess. I don't know about better than ever, but like it's always a pleasure to see you and catch up with you and uh, and see the progression of Domain Sherpa. You know, just prior to the show, you're telling me about who you have coming on the show and you're just doing a fantastic job. The entire team is. I love to see Chris joining the show. Always a pleasure to see Andrew and my number one podcast when I'm running is Domain Sherpa. I look forward to it every single Monday morning. I'm going to download it, put it on my little iPod shuffle, and listen during my run. Well, so. nice. In that case, we'll just have to make the shows longer because how long do you run every day? I run for an hour usually, like an hour and five minutes or so. So yeah, it's perfect. It's wow. Perfect. How far do you run? I usually run about six to seven miles um, wow. a few times a week. Okay. Yeah. I'll just never forget bumping into you at NamesCon. And like, you know, just rolled out of bed. It's time for some breakfast for me and I think the entire conference. And there's Mike. And I'm like, hey, how you doing? Like, great. I just ran 11 miles. We went and toured old, the old Vegas Strip and then ran back. Yeah, that was a great day. And I haven't run 11 or 12 miles in like decades. And so when John Roig and Aaron Wilkin wanted to do that, I'm like, I'm a little hesitant. I'm going to get me there, but we might have to take a cab back, but we ended up doing it back and great conversation. You know, that's, that's what I love about these conferences is that you get to spend some serious time with people over meals or over drinks, or you go for a run or you go out uh, at night. And that's when you get like the inside information on that's going to help you become a better investor, entrepreneur or whatever. And so, Mike, you yeah. do it all. You can run 11 miles and have a conversation. <laughs> I can listen while I run. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, I will not be talking to anyone while not running 11 miles. Yeah. <laughs> I will be in the cab. <laughs> anyway, um, so I saw your latest video um, for DN Academy and just had to snag you on here. But I don't know. I assume most of our viewers know all about DN Academy, but that's where you're spending most of your time now, right? You want to tell us about it? Yeah, you bet. DN Academy is where I'm, you know, now that, that you're the proud owner, hopefully proud owner of Domain Sherpa, you're doing a, a rock star job on it. Um, I don't have to spend the time every week producing a new video show like you do. So I have more time and I am spending more time on my publishing businesses, one of which is DN Academy. Uh, DNAcademy.com is a, an online accelerated learning system for both investors and startup founders, entrepreneurs that want to learn how the domain industry works. And I say startup founders because that was actually the reason I started Domain Sherpa. You know, after I sold my media company and I was uh, getting into the, to the Seattle startup tech scene, I was doing some angel investing and, and a bunch of companies did just had terrible domain names, terrible brands. It's so bad, in fact, that they'd use a Gmail address in order to send email because they didn't even want to use their own domain name to send email from. And so they asked me for help. I didn't understand how the domain industry worked and I started Domain Sherpa. Um, and so I always wanted it to help explain to people outside the industry how to acquire great domain names and what they're worth. And what I discovered over time was that investors didn't understand it either. And so many investors flocked to Domain Sherpa that that sort of became the focus of it. Although I tried to have as many entrepreneurs on there as possible, like the founder of ring.com, the founder of 
Teamwork.com, a, a project management system similar to Basecamp, 37 Signals Basecamp, which is one of the industry leaders. Um, you know, Noah Kagan was one of my favorite entrepreneurs who purchased Sumo.com for $1.5 million. You recently had the, the uh, entrepreneur uh, who purchased Great.com for $900,000. Uh, that was a fantastic interview. And so, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs don't, most entrepreneurs don't understand the domain name industry. Um, that's why I started Domain Sherpa. After publishing it for six years, it became clear that a ton of information was locked in those video interviews and still not accessible. Now that I knew how the domain industry worked, it was, it was hard to ex, uh, expose that for domain name uh, entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs or domain name investors. And so I started DN Academy and I pulled out all the useful bits of information that I learned over the years and I broke it down so that it's not biased, that it's factual. And I put it in order from A to Z and I made it actionable and I made quizzes with adult learning objectives involved. And, you know, I tried to create a real learning system that anybody can get benefit out of. And we've seen investors, you know, go from brand new to making over $100,000 a year um, as a broker, for example. And we've seen investors, you know, uh, uh, bring in substantial secondary incomes, treat it like their 401k. And I've, and I've been able to help entrepreneurs acquire their premium brands for thousands of less than they would have done if they hadn't have taken DN Academy. And so, you know, that was really my goal is to help transform people from new or intermediate investor or hobbyist into a profitable investor or successful entrepreneur. Well, I think it's a fabulous uh, fit for you and your Six Sigma background. It's so efficient. It's categorized. <laughs> Um, you know, getting started, intro to domains, then different uh, sections like understanding keywords, understanding valuation metrics. Um, you know, you really do an amazing job in DN Academy. Does someone have to do it step by step by step? Or if they want, say, I'm just not really um, understanding um, investing as a business, could I just log in, take those like 10 uh, sessions without doing the other stuff if I wanted. Totally. Yeah. You, you know, I've got intermediate investors or even advanced investors that I would classify, classify them as advanced. I won't say their names, but they've signed up for the academy um, and they've uh, gone through and they've gone through the whole thing, but really they've told me that they found benefit from the buying domain names, the selling domain names and the running your investment like it's a business and figuring out how to, to be more efficient in doing that. You know, the what? first half of the course is everything that you need to know to value domain names. And then after you understand valuations, the types of keywords, the characteristics that make up a valuable domain name, the uh, actually doing uh, valuations yourself, and I grade them, um, then you move on to buying it wholesale, selling it retail, um, and running it as a business. So that's, you know, that's how it's laid out. And and I think anybody can get benefit from, from it. And you know what? If you sign up and you don't get benefit, 100% money back guarantee for two weeks, just like go through the course. I have uh, refunded money and I'm happy to do so if you don't think it's of benefit to you. Super cool. Wow. Um, that's awesome. Um, so it's, you know, it's a class for people to starting in domains or like you said, you know, investors, people who just want to understand more um, about, about it as a business. Does it always contain like non-news content to keep investors up to date or do you just capitalize on something recent to utilize that as an example? Yeah, I try and do a little bit of both. I like to have evergreen content, um, you know, like I'll talk about the six types of keyword domain names and how the valuations vary between them. So I've done an analysis based on all the data sets for each of the six types and and I look at the me the median 50%. So not the not the top 25, not the bottom 25, which have a bunch of outliers, right. um, but that middle and I compare the middles across all the six types of domain names. And um and the latest um post that I made on the blog was about um about unicorns, you know, companies that are valued at over a billion dollars in the latest round of unicorns of 2018. And I thought, here's a perfect example. Like these companies are leading the charge in the startup world, in the entrepreneurial uh, world, tech world primarily. 
And I want to like analyze their domain names to see how, what they're choosing and how that's helping them. Um, and so, you know, I just analyze them and, and uh, hopefully that's going to help startup entrepreneur, entrepreneurs, regardless of whether they sign up for DN Academy or not, understand how domain names work and then figure out a better domain name for their brand going forward. Yeah. Well, I thought that the unicorn video was fabulous and it was just 10 quick minutes. Um, that would be more my style for a run. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I run. For yeah, I wish those 10 minutes only took me 10 minutes to produce. I find the, um, you know, it, I, I'm definitely spending more time in production now as I try to figure out what the DN Academy brand is in video, in audio, and trying to define that, you know, I'm trying to, I wanted to keep the videos to less than like five minutes as a marked difference from Domain Sherpa where it's long form. I wanted to compress them, but sometimes I just talk too much. <laughs> well, you have a lot of great stuff to say. Um, so, oh, so give us the two minute recap then of what you said in your unicorn video. All right, so my unicorn video, um, let's see here. Um, all right, so basically there were 16 companies that have been uh, labeled as startup unicorn, you know, as uh, valuation of $1 billion valued unicorn startups from companies all over the world. Um, and as an investor, as an entrepreneur, I, again, I think it's important to check these out. As a side note, Keith DeBoer recently made a similar post on dngeek.com that I think was great. He analyzed 349 video, uh, 349 brandable domain name sales across marketplaces from data that he's collected. And so, um, so we wanted, so he's done sort of something similar where it's important to look at you know, different characteristics of the value of the domain name and figure out what makes sense and what doesn't make sense from those domain names. And so um, of those 16 startups, four of them were from China. So 25% of them, which is a really high percentage. And this um, is from 2017. These are brand new startups that got a new, value, got a new funding level that valued them at over a billion dollars okay. in 2018. Does that make sense? So these aren't companies that are necessarily, I don't think any of them are making a profit. The way that unicorns are labeled is that they get a new funding round, uh, a new infusion of money that puts their valuation at over a billion dollars. It, it's, you know, it's sort of funny money to some degree, but these are high flyers and hopefully they have revenue uh, like Amazon being, you know, um, unprofitable for the first 10 years of their life. And now they're a behemoth and making tons of profit. And so that's what these unicorns are doing. Four of them were from China, 25% of them, a really high percentage. Of those four from China, I'll talk about China first because it's an area that I don't understand anything about. Two of them were .cn, which makes total sense. Chinese startups serving China, going with a .cn. One was .com and one was .net. Um, and the, uh, all four of the second level domains, you know, the everything to the left of the top level domain were Chinese words. So, I, you know, I joke around in the video, I can't translate Chinese very easily. Even when I find a translation, I'm not sure it's correct because there's a lot of lot that goes into the culture and the words. And so, you know, my takeaway is that there is opportunity for Chinese investors with 25% of the unicorns being Chinese companies. Um, the number of startups in China I know is massive. And so if you're an investor in China helping Chinese startups brand their companies because you understand how the domain name works and others outside China, like me, don't have any clue, um, that's a distinct advantage. So mm -hmm. I always encourage people to look in, in, into those. Um, and so of the rest of the 16 domain names, I took a look at a few different characteristics. You know, there's tw I define 21 characteristics of a domain name that increase or decrease the value. I know Drew has joked around that there's like, there's 200 of them now. He jokes around that there's 30 or 40 of them. But I think there's 21 really important ones. And I picked the top three, top level domain, the keyword type, and the character count. And then I threw in a fourth one, word count, because I thought it would be interesting to see. And then I also threw in a fifth one that I'll talk about later. And so um, the most important characteristic is, of course, the top level domain. Um, uh, and so we, we talked about, let's see here, where are my statistics? So of the TLDs, um, 
but you know, most were .com. I don't have the numbers in front of me. It looks like. Um, I think uh, four so were I, not. Yep, exactly. And that, and one was a .net snowflake, which I love, but it was a .net. Um, and so most were .com. Um, and then I looked at the second level domains or the keyword. Thirteen of those second level domains were brandable. Two were generic, like Snowflake, and one was exact match. Zero were acronyms, zero were numeric, and zero were alphanumeric. So that says something, right? For, for all the hullabaloo of, of uh, Chinese investors that are buying these numerics, we're not seeing any of the new unicorns taking a numeric domain name or an alphanumeric like K77.com or, or an acronym. They're choosing yeah. brandable dom domain names. And years ago, they were. That China was really into the numerics and alphanumerics, the top Alexa rank domains, yep. the top Chinese um, websites were all numeric or alphanumeric. And right. that says a lot. It does. And if you look at the top websites in China, you'll still see some numerics on there. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just not the latest round of startups that are going for it. And what, what we're seeing is that brandable domain names allow companies to get running on a re relatively inexpensive domain name while maintaining enough flexibility to pivot to a different business model as their business grows without locking them into an exact match type of domain name. So that's the, that's the benefit of these brandables. You know, like heartflow.com is one in the medical space that's on the unicorn list. And, you know, they do imaging for heart flow to find problems with people's hearts. It's a brandable. It's about flow. They can change. Maybe it's, you know, maybe they're going to move into AI and, and computers are going to diagnose what's going on after the image is set or what have you. But, um, you know, it, brandables are definitely giving these startups the opportunity to, uh, to flex as they're building their, their businesses. And as for length, there were three companies that had a character count of five, six companies that had a character count of six, one of seven, two of eight, three of nine, and then one company that had a character count of 10. So we're not seeing domain names that have three words, four words. We're seeing domain names that have two words, and one word, and the most common length is six characters uh, of this very limited, you know, 16-company data set. But, I mean, that's what I've always, you know, I know I wrote a blog article years ago, but I don't remember much about it. Um, but there's some empirical study that I referenced that says, you know, most, um, uh, most major corporations, most top Alexa ranks, they have... Um, maximum of eight characters mm -hmm. um, and six is the average. So we're seeing that that average it globally is remaining the same. So we're seeing yeah. a shift in the branding. We're not seeing a shift in the character count. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And so, you know, the, the main point of this article, you know, we can look at domain names that have sold and we can do anal, uh, analysis on them, but then it sort of breaks down a lot of the times tests, right? Like we, if I hear about a domain name sale, I'll go type it in to see if there's anything there and it doesn't resolve. And then I go look up the who is and sometimes it's not even updated, right? And so I'm often left feeling like, well, I'm not even sure what data to believe. And so when I saw this list of the 16 unicorns of 2018, I, uh, that made me just think from an investing standpoint, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, like, what can we glean from these? We know they're real companies. We know they've received multiple um, uh, levels of funding, mm -hmm. multiple rounds of funding. And so let's, let's do some analysis on this and see what we can learn from them. Yeah, really smart, um, as usual, Mike. Um, you know, why do you think it's important for entrepreneurs and investors to track this kind of data or, um, you know, just listen to people like you who do? <laughs> Well, you know, I, I'm a big proponent of data. If you don't have data, you can't make educated decisions. You know, one of, my, uh, one of my favorite CEOs of all time was Jack Welch. I was at GE when Jack Welch was there. He was ranked the greatest, you know, business leader of the, you know, uh, uh, of the century, I think, at that time. He rolled out Six Sigma, which I learned about, and, and that changed the way I managed. And he wanted to change the business culture from managing by gut feel, where there are a few 
old white guys that made all the decisions about how the company ran to a database decision-making process where people actually got data and you made an analysis on that and then made decisions based on data. Uh, and maybe the data was bad or not, but at least it's not somebody's gut instinct. It's not the highest paid person in the room that's making all the decisions. And I think that's why Silicon Valley is, um, you know, leading the United States now in business uh, uh, entrepreneurship is because it's all data-based, right? You got young kids, some of which haven't even graduated college, but they're looking at the data and they're analyzing it. And so, you know, I think it's important for, for us, for me, for... Uh, DN Geek when they do their analysis, for Jamie Zotch when he does his DN Weekly moves, uh, for Michael Sumner and Adam Strong who run NameBio.com that, you know, my, my opinion, the killer app uh, in the domain name space hands down that provides all the data from all the sales. It's important to look at the data, to analyze the data, and to like think about it, you know, because I think unless you internalize that data, you're never going to be able to make better decisions. Um, and so, you know, other things that I do like, like that besides name bio and I like DN prices, uh, that's dnpric.es as a backup to name bio. Um, I subscribe to every broker's newsletter in the industry. I read them all and then I archive them. I just, I just don't delete them. I put them in a folder. Um, and then when I hear about a domain name that sold, I'm like, let me go to my Gmail box and I type in the domain name and then it pops up that like, oh yeah, black.com was marketed by media options for two and a half million dollars or whatever the case. And you can start to put data together to figure out the industry. And yeah, so, you're um, right. you know, I feel like it's like, uh, why do people listen to mad money? Right. Uh, maybe, maybe you're Jim Cramer. <laughs> I do oh. not want to be Jim Cramer. <laughs> Right. But I mean, we, especially domain names, there's um, not a ton of transparency in the industry. I think it's grown a lot. Um, but also just naturally, a lot of sales are private. Um, also right now, the very strong trend that I do think will continue for quite some time is this brandable trend. What's brandable? There, there Well, there is data to go with that. It's not a gut purchase. Mm -hmm. And I see so much with the Sherpa network. Um, they're trying to learn and extrapolate from what they hear from our Sherpas, but, um, you really providing some, some, um, concrete data, like a, a checklist to, mm -hmm. as you say, okay, I think I'm going to buy these domains. Well, do they meet these criteria? Is there any hope or future for them? Yeah, I think, you're, I think you might be referring to the domain name valuation checklist that I put together where I have you type your domain name and then fill out all 21 characteristics and then go through and find the comps based on those characteristics and then run some automated valuations and then determine an average and ask a friend and, and then value it. Like it, it I, I often find it funny when people will email me and say, hey, Mike, what do you think about this domain name? What do you think the value is? I'm like, that's like a 15 minute process for me to pull together all the data such that I can think about it. Like I know Drew will say like, Oh, that's a, that's a $15,000 domain name, right? Like he has a sixth sense about domain names. He can put his finger on a price. Um, and I think he'd be the first to admit that like, maybe I'm not accurate hundred percent of the time, but 80% of the time is good enough because he's always winning. So but he needs enough big wins to make up for other stuff. Selling all day, every day, you're not to your credit, right. you know, your right. real area of expertise is the six, six, six Sigma efficient business organization. So, yeah. you know, you and there's no hundred percent foolproof way to know everything in the industry. Most of the sales are of the larger sales are not public, but you can collect data. You can save it. You can analyze it. Um, there's a framework to, to value domain names and you can be a smarter investor. I'll, I'll tell you, um, you had me on Domain Sherpa Review a month ago. Remember that? Yeah. You remember the domain that I talked about buying? Oh, shoot. Oh, yeah. Kangaroo? <laughs> no, kangaroo.io, I think it was Shane's. Carpool. It was close. Mine was carpool.com with, with a, a K. K. Right? And so I picked it up for $636 at a GoDaddy auction. Um, I think it was 
Domain Shane, DSAD's newsletter that I saw it on that made me want to bid on it. Something about it like stuck out in my mind. I like the brand. I know it's trademarkable. Ride sharing and ride hailing are massive industries right now with the hot market. Um, so I picked it up. It took 10 days for GoDaddy Auction to actually put it in my account, right? Because it has to go through the process. And then I threw it up on an FT page. And 29 day, 28 days later, I got an inquiry from somebody for 180 bucks that they wanted to buy it. And so we went back and forth that day 10 to 15 times. And by dinner time, we had closed the sale for $6,500. 29 days I owned that domain name. And so, you know, what makes Carpool with a K valuable to startup entrepreneurs? Like all the characteristics that we're talking about here and, and uniqueness and, you know, the, um, and the length of it and the fact that it's a single word and something unique about it and, you know, all those sorts of things. And so, um, and you don't have to be guessing. You make stuff up, you try to be creative, but you don't know, am I the only person in the world who would ever do this? Or right. is it really um, clever and smart and forward thinking? And I like that your, um, your criteria really, really helps with that. Yeah. Um, and speaking about brandables, it's a perfect domain name for a startup, right? If you try to get carpool with a C from Braden Pollock, he's going to want six figures. Here's carpool with a K for four figures, maybe five figures if I'm lucky. And, um, um, you know, great brand. You can pivot on it. You know, it def it's defined by the industry though. Um, so, you know, I just, I, there's, there's room for everybody at every, every single level. Yeah. Do you think that you'll do this? Um, like, was this a one-off your unicorn report or you want to do it regularly? Like I love Ivan and Giuseppe do the quarterly report on um, you know on liquid domain name values and it's much like a stock market analysis you know quarterly report yep. and they are compiling that to be year over year they're almost at the two-year mark they say at two years and five years is where you really see market trends mm -hmm. um, do you plan to do that or see a value in doing that with the unicorns or you think it's you know you're just gonna keep keep moving along and finding different data points. Yeah, I, I do think that I would probably revisit it every year for the unicorns. I, I'm not publishing as regularly as you are at Domain Sherpa. You know, I'm, I'm just trying to like focus on the course, but when I feel motivated about some topic, I try and take advantage of my enthusiasm and put together a blog post. You're semi-retired and throwing it in my face. That's what you're really <laughs> saying here, Mike. So I'm definitely not um, publishing on your schedule. I'm doing maybe once every two weeks or once every three weeks. Um, and I'm totally fine with that. And at that point, you know, I, 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 it gives me more time to, uh, to focus on the content rather than just the blog. No, no, you're fabulous. Okay, that's cool. Um, so how do you track unicorns and other startups? Um, where, where are you watching for this data? Do you like... Um, do you go to particular sites to watch that? Like you're saying you, what you get from the brokers, every newsletter and different um, domain yep. places that yeah. you visit. What do you think is really worth following in the startup world? Yeah, I wish I had a more formal database to track, but I don't. So I do try and save emails as my database because Google Mail is so good at searching. It can usually find everything that I want very quickly. And so I end up like sometimes I'll just see something and I'll send myself an email um, to with a link and I'll put in the subject what it is and I'll just send it to myself and then I'll file it under, you know, DN Academy slash comps. Um, so then I can search against all my email, but it's usually in that comps folder. Um, I read one of the newsletters that I love to read nowadays is called Morning Brew. It's at morningbrew.com. It's a daily newsletter. I get it by. I don't know, I'm up at 5.45 every morning, so I see it then. And I love it because it's a, it's a synopsis of what's going on in the business world and it's put together from a millennial point of view. So it's got some sarcasm to it and it's got some funny uh, you know, uh, ways that they're writing. It's very professionally done. Um, I just emailed the founders because I really like what they're doing. It's sort of, I don't know if you read the skim for women, which is like general news um, that's written from a women's perspective, but this is sort of 
uh, similar from a business perspective for younger business people and investors. So oftentimes I'll start there and they'll link to other articles, but I often read TechCrunch to see what's going on. Um, I'm on Jason Calacanis's uh, newsletter list. Um, you know, he, he started inside.com and they have different newsletters and, um, I'm on one of his investing lists as well. And so I get to see new startups that are raising, he's putting money into, and I can put my money along with his money on these startups. So I just try and, I try and make sure that I'm exposing myself, you know, I'm, uh, different areas of the startup world are being exposed to me in, in different ways. I don't want to just read all the stuff on domaining.com, which I do every day. And I don't want to just collect information from the brokers, which I think is tremendously valuable. And I sign up for every newsletter, but I, I try and get a good distribution of everything that's going up in the, going on in the tech scene um, and the domain name space. So that yeah, you get that's a- super thorough. Um, I, uh, Crunchbase is the only one I would throw in to add. I get a daily. Crunchbase is great. So if I hear about like a certain company, like I just, uh, I don't know if you've seen Cafe X, um, go to cafexapp.com. Uh, Jason Calacanis just sent this email today. Uh, and I'm, I emailed my wife. I'm like, we're investing in this company. It's a robotic coffee maker so it's like a pop-up stand like this big and there's a robot arm and it goes back and forth and it makes your coffee and it swirls the latte and it you know does all this sort of stuff and you can place your order like right there uh you know in the in the little ipad thing and you pay and then it makes it and it hands it right to you or you can pre-order it and then go pick it up and um uh i just think that we need to follow the trends see where people are investing um, ride hailing, ride sharing is hot right now. Marijuana is hot right now. Um, but you know, you've been in the industry long enough to know that what was hot five years ago is not hot anymore. And so these trends come and go. And if you're going to invest in trends, you need to understand that they have a life cycle, uh, and that you need to try and get out while the cycle is hot. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, uh, we just, uh, uh, we're, we're in escrow for outside.com, but I think mm. of all the people we outbound brokered it to, I don't think we hit inside.com. <laughs> um, and there's, there's a tidbit that isn't overly relevant, but sometimes when you're looking to outbound sales, sometimes it's the opposite to think about. Um, yeah. I've encountered yeah. that in the past, but just right now that, you know, hit me. Um, all right, very cool. Jason Calacanis, don't even try to spell his name. Just go to inside.com. Yeah, <laughs> and they have a bunch of newsletters there that I follow. Like I, um, I follow the, the um, beer newsletter to find out what's going on in the beer industry and I, because I own brew.com and you know, Amar and I joke around a lot because he's got, he owns beer.com and I'm like, brew is a way better domain name, Amar. Um, but we follow the beer industry because we want to see what's going on in that. I'm, I'm, uh, kicking around the idea of starting a coffee roasting and subscription box service on brew.com. I would love to do that. The, the, the amount of cardboard waste that's produced uh, is making me think twice about starting it. But like subscription boxes are, are hot. I would love to build a company on brew.com that delivers you single source artisanal roasted coffees that you can enjoy and I tell you how to enjoy it and I teach you how to enjoy it. And then maybe we grow to tea and kombucha and beer or whatever. Like, you know, that's the, that's the beauty about domain names. It's uh, you can do so much with them. And, and, you know, I feel like the name inspires what the company should be. And I think a lot of investors, uh, a lot of entrepreneurs that have come on the show say the name makes the difference. You know, Jamie Siminoff, who I interviewed on domain Sherpa back in 2015, sold his company to amazon.com recently. I interviewed him after he paid a million dollars for ring.com and how he built that business and how ring has helped his company grow. And then he just sold for a billion dollars to Amazon and he attributed what 30 to $50 million of value of that transaction to that ring.com domain name. So it's just, it's exciting. Like he has a much broader vision for home security than just a video doorbell. He's got a ring of security around your front door, your house, your, your neighborhood. Um, and I've been installing them around my house. I love them. I love the ring system. 
Yeah, and, and uh, that's a super cool interview. Um, you know, and to anyone who's overwhelmed hearing, I mean, Mike, you must just spend all day reading and educating yourself. Um, the, the great thing is just listen to Mike. <laughs> <laughs> and watch the main show, but that's you, Dear audience member, don't need to go like quit your day job just to listen to every blog and podcast that Mike does. Just listen to Mike and that'll- Well, you know, I know you're joking around and I don't actually talk about trends in DN Academy because trends come and go. You know, I I liken it to uh, those people that put together get rich quick eBooks on buying and flipping domain names for, you know, I sold a domain name for $10,000 that I only bought for 10 bucks. Like bullshit, you didn't do that. Like it's just, and if you did, it's not a repeatable process on what you're trying to teach in a, you know, $40 ebook that you put together, um, you know, on Microsoft Word and ripped as a PDF. Like it's just, it's just not happening. And so I tried to teach the fundamentals of domain name investing. So whether you're an entrepreneur or uh, who wants to buy a great domain name for their company, um, or upgrade their domain name, or you're an investor that wants to focus in on this and find the value and, and help other entrepreneurs upgrade their domain names. Um, these are the the true, you know, uh, last the test of time fundamentals of domain names that um, yeah, and, that will help you. And you have a story to go with it. You know, I think that's what the the purpose that these really serve. You know, there's a story to go with it to help people catch it or understand right. it with a specific example. So right. let's talk right. real quick back um, on, on uh, you mentioned the Chinese earlier. Um, you know, 25% of 2018's unicorns were Chinese. Um, does Dian Academy offer specific education on, um, on the Chinese market? It is a little different than other markets. Just curious. It is a little different. And so I think that the fundamentals that I teach in DN Academy apply to um, the Chinese market, but I know that investors in China would love to have DN Academy, for example, in Chinese, in Mandarin or whatever. We don't offer that. I know that most people learn in their primary language, learn more efficiently in their primary language. I just, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's enough for me to just try and create the number one educational resource uh, you know, compacted. Um, uh, wait, wait. So I can't, I, I can't translate it. And then to try and go country to country, because I think every country is an opportunity. If you're in Peru, if you're in, you know, China, if you're in Japan, like your country is one that you understand better than Tess and Mike Seiger do, hands down. And so I think that a lot of investors, if they are outside the US, they should use that as their secret weapon because it keeps, you know, a, a whole slew of investors out. I don't even know what to search for in Chinese because a lot of their words, you know, sound like this. This That's why this domain name is valuable in Chinese because it sounds like this. I'm like, that's just lost on me. I don't, I don't get it. So yeah, that's pretty tough. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, just before uh, we started this interview, I did the uh, Sherpa review that will probably air a couple weeks before this. Um, and Mark Levine was telling me he is starting a, um, you know, his background like yours is in, in yep. publishing, but maybe different, but he's starting like a tech publishing company that's about translating languages. Mm-hmm. Now, um, it sounds like it's mostly in print. But who knows? Maybe it's in video too. I'll, uh, you, you should reach out to him. Or I know Mark is one of my Mark is one of my buds in the industry. He made the trek from Minneapolis two or three years ago to Seattle for my one night DN Seattle fundraising event, um, and we had breakfast the next morning. And we we have so much in common from a publishing standpoint: building companies, uh, exiting them, um, starting something new sharp guy, great investor. Um, and, uh, yeah, one of my favorites in the industry. So he's, uh, uh, I definitely need to talk to him about doing all the work of translating DN Academy for me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sherpa first. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the breakdown. You mentioned the types of domains. Would you say they're like, or uh, six or eight that you had? Uh, sorry. Now I don't remember how many you said, and you said Drew would say it's like 30 or 200. Um, 
just just lay them out real quick. I want oh. people they can you know learn all the details about them at the yeah. academy. But what are right. they? Pop well, there's quiz. six. Uh, I lump it into six types of second level domains. There's generic, exact match, brandable, uh, acronym numeric and alphanumeric. So a generic is like amazon.com, uber.com. These are words in the dictionary that people are repositioning as brands for the company, but we don't treat them as brandable. We treat them as generics because they're real words and they have a lot of uh, applications other ways. Those are high price, the highest price domain names that there are. Then we've got exact match, right? These used to be really popular 10 years ago. Um, these are the domain names that I used to buy primarily like seoconsultant.com. I sold conversionrateoptimization.com, I think for $18,000. That's a long domain name. Is that $1,000 so, per letter? <laughs> exactly. It sold it by the letter. Um, and so, uh, you know, that, those are exact match. They have search volume. And you don't, you know, we used to talk about search volume of like 1,000 or 2,000. Now it's got to be 10,000. It's got to be 20,000. It's got to be something big enough that if you actually uh, place went to the trouble of building out something it would rank well and and take advantage of that um, that domain name um, yeah. hey did you did you listen to the Rand Fishkin interview we did I did I love Rand fellow Seattleite yeah yeah he was fa fantastic and yeah. uh, I really thought what he had to say about exact match domains was interesting small yeah. um, and so okay. you don't you don't see a lot of you know uh, unicorn startup picking an exact match domain name. They're going either with a generic or they're going with a, a brandable or they go with a brandable like ubercab.com did when they launched. And then when they got threatened by, I think the San Francisco municipality that they needed to, they're not a cab service, they changed to just Uber and they upgraded to a generic. And so you've got generic exact match, then you've got the brandables. They're the, the heart flow, the combination of words, the the cabify like on the unicorn list where you tack on an IFY on the end of a word or it's a made up word like Google. Um, then you've got acronyms which have been rising tremendously over the past five years. You know, um, uh, a lot of smart investors bought them when they were only 10000 or $5,000 and now, you know, you can wholesale them for $30,000 and easily sell them for 100 to 100000 to a million depending, you know, if it's a word, it's really a generic but like, um, $100,000 plus. Um, so the acronyms are strong, but they sort of limit your upside. We don't see a lot of uh, upstarts going with acronyms. Um, the numerics, which are popular popular in China, and I, I bought a numeric, 98110.com, because it's my zip code, and I own BainbridgeIsland.com, so I wanted my zip code to go with it. Uh, and I paid way, way more than I should have to lock it up. And now I'm actually finding the five number domain names are, are rising up to the value that I paid. So who knows? One day hey, I may actually right. nice be out, out from underwater. So you know how, I mean, everyone everywhere talks about having a diver diversified portfolio, right? You want diverse with stocks and bonds. You want diverse even, you know, in, in the crypto space, different crypto providers. Yeah. You want, you know... Um, things on the stock market, crypto, and domain names, or art, or whatever, right? Within domain names, is there any type of um, focus on being diversified in these categories that you're explaining, or is that not really a thing? It is a thing, but I think a lot of people don't think about it, and I've only recently started to think about it. I think that you need to look at your entire investment portfolio you know, maybe you have real estate, maybe you have crypto, maybe you have stocks and bonds and things. Um, um, I said real estate already. Uh, and then, you know, maybe domain names and you've got a 401k, maybe part of it's cash or, or what have you. And so I think you need to think of it as a whole. I think we want to be balanced investors. We don't want to take all of our eggs and put them in one basket. And so when I look at domain names, like, you know, domain names that I own where I'm putting a lot of money into a domain name, I don't want that domain name to be more than three, four percent of all of my investment. It's got to be a real winner if I'm going to put that much money into it because I may actually lose money on it or I may, you know, lose up 20% of it or whatever. And so um, I think it is important to look at your entire portfolio and say, what portion am I willing to put in domain names? And then of those domain names, 
think about it like, well, am I investing? Then you need a different strategy. Am I investing in lower level, lower value domain names that I want to try and flip more quickly, like maybe a carpool.com? Or am I like really at the low end where I'm going to hand register for 10 bucks and then hold them for up to five years and try and sell them for like $2,000, $3,000 on a brandable marketplace because I have that creativity and I can make up words that people are going to want. Um, so there's a lot of variables in there. For me personally, I've tried everything under the sun. I, you know, as I was putting together, interviewing all the greats on Domain Sherpa and putting together DN Academy over the past couple of years, I tried everything. I bought all the different types of domain names, uh, except for, you know, Drew will make fun of me. Like I haven't bought a three letter domain name. Um, and now it's, I'm at the point where Drew would make fun of me if I ever did. So I'm not going to buy any ever. Um, <laughs> and, uh, um, but I bought all the rest. I bought on the different marketplaces, you know, even eBay and Flippa and I've sold in all the marketplaces and as I tried to figure it out and I built my port, my investment portfolio. So not my publishing, not stuff that I'm building, but my investment stuff that I might build out someday, but is for sale right now. I had a couple hundred at one point and now I'm at 40 after I sold carpool. I bought carpool.com and it pushed me over 41. And now I, I'm back down to 40 and I'm like, I like 40 domain names. I like knowing what I own, why I bought it, how much I think it's worth. There's not too much to keep track of. Um, and I've got some great domain names that I've upgraded to over time. And yeah. so it, it allows me to track um, those industries and keep track of them a little bit more effectively. Um, and then it's just, it's just more manageable. You know, I'm yeah. not a numbers guy. I'm, I'm not a numbers guy from like, I'm not going to start a Mike Mann portfolio where I have, or a huge domain portfolio where I have oh. hundreds of thousands of domain names. And yeah, I may sell some for, Twenty thousand or forty thousand dollars, but then I've got you know hundreds of thousands of dollars to pay every single month in renewals, right? Yeah, you're not so, a volume guy, but you are. You're a data numbers guy. I'm a data guy. I'm not a volume guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. quality. Okay. And so you're not uh, upside down. I'm sure on any of your investments. Uh, I'm cash. I'm 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 uh, profit positive on all of my domain name investments right now. Like I could walk away from all my domains and make money. If God forbid I passed away tomorrow and Aaron just liquidated everything for pennies on the dollar, we'd all be fine. But I've got great domain names. I sold a, you know, I sold tulip.com last year for, for six figures. It was under non-disclosure agreement, so I can't say what it was, but it was a, my highest domain name to sale. And I think I've got some domain names that could go into the seven figures if the highest and best use case came along and they needed the domain name. You know, brew.com, dragonfly.com, something like that. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy with those if I sell them. And I love thinking about building companies. Like I love thinking about what could I build on brew.com and talking about it with Aaron. And then she's like, stop it. Like spend some more time with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> I like brew.com. It's fabulous. Um, so speaking of being upside down, uh, the first time you came back on with me, uh, you said your 2018 goal was to walk on your hands. Status update? We're Status through. update complete. What? Yeah. You're doing on, it? Um, five months after, I, I think I made that resolution on January 6th or 12th or something. Five months later on in May, I went to go see my trainer on Friday after doing my track workout and I kicked up into a handstand and I took two steps and I'm like, wow, I didn't fall yet. And then I took two more steps on my hands. I'm like, done. I'm done with my resolution. And, I, and then I, I quit my personal training with her and, <laughs> and stopped. <laughs> but, but every day I still kick up into a handstand. I still do, um, you know, I'll do a handstand against the wall for time. And, uh, you know, it's a new skill that I wanted to learn just for the heck of it something that I thought would be challenging. I didn't think it would be that challenging. I didn't think it would take me five months to be able to do, especially yeah. when I watch these little, you know, these little kids on YouTube kicking up and doing handstands and walking. And, um, and so, uh, but I'm proud I stuck with it and accomplished it and uh, added it as one little party trick to my, <laughs> to my toolbox. <laughs> All right. So if domains don't work out, you can always... Uh, Come to a kid's birthday party. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can dress cool. upside down where my feet are on the bottom and yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. It's fun to have a goal. And um, I love Mike 
how diverse you are in your passions, your interests, your, um, your, how you spend your time. So yeah, super cool. Thank you. Wow. Thanks for taking the time to be on here. I know every time you're back on the whole world misses you. Oh, you are too kind, Tess. Uh, it's always a pleasure to come back on Domain Sherpa. Um, I, uh, I still get emails from people in the industry that like, you know, how long has it been? It's been like, what are we in, June? It's been over six months since you've been the owner. Uh, Media Options has been the owner. You've been running it and doing a great job. And I got an email like this morning saying, you know, I was a fan of Domain Sherpa. I think Tess and the group are doing a great job now. I just wanted to thank you for what you've done. And, and it feels great. Like, I, I love the fact that people in the industry are appreciative of what I've done in the past, what you're doing in the future, um, because I think you're doing a great thing by bringing on uh, investors and entrepreneurs and getting, getting them to share openly with others. Yeah, thanks. I think it's really important too. And what you're doing on DN Academy, I think it's great for uh, the Sherpa Network to know you're still around there and how it's different and than Sherpa. I think they complement each other very nicely. Um, I really enjoy um, your your DN Academy stuff, but uh, this the, your unicorn video was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. So today's- if people want to read that, they can go to dnacademy.com slash blog. And that's where I have just free blogs of whatever I'm thinking about, whatever I want to share publicly. You know, I'm still trying to give back as well because Tess won't have me on every single week on Domain Sherpa. Um, yes, I would. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, so um, on a personal front, what's new? What's going on in your world? Anything? What's going on personally? Well, the kids' last day of school is today. I uh, busted the boat out of the woods uh, and tried to fire it up. And of course, the battery was dead or something. It turns out it was the, the battery kill switch. So I had to order a new one of those. And, you know, we're, we're going to enjoy some water time this summer. Um, weather's beautiful. This is the time of year I don't want to leave. Bainbridge Island. I want to I wanna come to Arizona when it's like rainy every day for a week in winter. Um, and then enjoy your 90 degree days there. Um, and, Sounds uh, good. I'll, I'll be up to see you like in, in, uh, three hours. <laughs> <laughs> this is the time you don't want to be in Phoenix. Yeah. And this summer we're, uh, we're taking a big trip for the first time to, uh, Peru and Ecuador. We're going to go Machu Picchu, Lima, uh, and do, uh, a, a boat tour around the Galapagos and see those oh, turtles and cool. birds and, who picked yeah. that out? How, how? Why there? Um, you know, a lot of our friends have, have gone to the Galapagos recently, it seems. And so uh, we're at this, we've got a pretty big range of kids. You know, our oldest is 16 and our youngest is seven. And it's hard to find vacations that they all want to do. But this one appealed to all of them. We're not sure how many more years our 16-year-old will want to hang with us. And so... <laughs> We just decided to bite the bullet, and this is the year that we're going to take a 14-hour, 15-hour plane ride trip out there and, and go do it. And so, What an adventure. Have a great time. Thank I'll, you. I'll house set for you. <laughs> You're welcome anytime. <laughs> All right, Mike. Thank you so much for being here again. Tour My pleasure. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you all next time. <laughs>